0: Hi there, this is Jim and Ralph, saying welcome to Psychology Takeaway, where we look at uh, concepts in psychology and try to apply them to our lives and the lives of others. And Ralph, last week we were looking at an old book, a book that was published in, well, I think it was uh, 1937, by a guy named Dale Carnegie, and uh, it was called uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People. And we looked at the first part of that, how to win friends.
1: Yeah, and there there were a bunch of simple things. uh, Smile, shake hands firmly, uh, be uh, more interested in what the other person has to say than what you have to say. Uh, Remember that everybody uh, knows something you don't, and try and find that out. (laughs)
0: excuse me and uh, be a good listener be a good listener you've got two ears and one one, mouth right for a reason okay and
1: uh, try to uh, try to end your interaction with uh, a nice uh, way to break it off by saying I enjoyed talking to you Uh, uh, we'll have to uh, get together sometime and uh, have another chat uh, etc so You know, all of the things that uh, seem simple, but are just things that some of us don't practice as much as we should.
0: Okay. Now, here's what um, Carnegie said about uh, the key to influencing others. He said, or he wrote, uh, the only way on earth to influence other people is to talk about what they want and show them how to get it.
1: And I think that's true. Uh, if you can show somebody that you're uh, on their side and you're uh, willing to uh, either help or or psychologically support what they desire and uh, what they're trying to achieve, uh, then uh, you're a long way to influencing
0: them positively. Mm-hmm. And here's what he said about, or wrote, about... The Secret of Success. The Secret of Success. Now, it's kind of interesting because you think of secrets as things that are, you know, hidden in some way. Well, this is a secret that's right out there in plain sight. And he he wrote, if there's any secret of success, it lies in the ability to get the other person, the other person's point of view, and to see things from that person's angle as well as from your own. And you talked about that last week.
1: Yeah, and, and it's important to understand uh, what motivates the other person. Uh, and sometimes you're going to disagree with uh, what seems to be motivating the other person. But if you understand that, uh, and if you can see it from their perspective, uh, then it makes it much easier on both of you to set a mutual
0: goal. Mm-hmm. And um, we'll get back to that in just a couple of minutes. Um, another thing he talked about was social intelligence. And he said that, that um, uh, when dealing with people, you've got to understand that we're not dealing with creatures of logic. You know, we're dealing with creatures of emotion, creatures of bristling, uh, uh, prejudice. Um, uh, people who are motivated by pride, vanity. I mean, a lot of emotional stuff is going into our interactions with other people.
1: Yeah, and, you know, if if you think those of you who uh, back in the day watched uh, Star Trek, you think of Dr. Spock, uh, who's the quintessential example of somebody who has only rational uh, viewpoints. Uh-huh. Uh, and then you think of the rest of the crew of the Enterprise with their emotions and baggage and histories <laughs> and desires. Uh, you know, it's pretty hard to find yourself uh, as um, one of the other forms of uh, psychological counseling talks about uh, rational emotive therapy. Mm-hmm and yeah you've got to be rational but you've also got to recognize your own and others emotions
0: yeah okay so and it's interesting i don't know if we want to live in a world that was populated by completely populated by sparks right
1: no it's certainly not a very comfortable way for those of us who have emotions to say uh, well, everybody else in the world is totally rational, and <laughs> here I am with all these feelings.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Another thing that um, uh, Carnegie writes about is criticism. And we didn't talk about that last week, uh, but we will today. He says that uh, criticism is futile because it puts the person on the defensive and makes the person uh, just wanting to to uh, defend his or her point of view.
1: Yeah, and we kind of got at that when we gave the example of uh, the uh, the way current um, politics in the U.S. has split families. Uh, the tendency is, uh, you know, to criticize the other person—your brother or sister or family or uh, whoever—and and, and uh, immediately that brings them to a a, um, karate stance where they're prepared (laughs) to uh, defend their point of view to the death.
0: Right, and instead of listening to your point of view, or you listening to their point of view, we've got people who are, you know, being quite defensive. As Yeah, uh, totally polarized. Yeah, as Carnegie points out. So criticism leads to defensiveness. But, you know, Leaders, and and Carnegie points this out, sometimes have to um, deliver unpopular opinions. You know, no. they might have to uh, correct somebody. You know, they may have to tell somebody that, hey, you know, you're, you're doing something incorrect. You're building the widget wrong. True. How and do you do that?
1: Well, one of the things that Carnegie suggests is that you come at it indirectly. Mm-hmm. Oh so instead of, you know, calling uh somebody into the office and starting out with uh your your line of widgets is not good, uh you're a sheskov and uh you you need to uh straighten out and fly
0: right. Yeah, so essentially telling the person, Hey, you're wrong Yeah Carnegie would say that is not the way. To get no. influence over other people.
1: So, what he suggests is that you be indirect about it. Maybe you talk about um, an experience that you had where you did something wrong.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, admit that mistakes can be made. Yeah. And uh, that you're as fallible and, and as human as the next person. And, you know, you kind of gave a, a, an interesting. Picture there, Ralph, of calling somebody into the office and what did you call them? You dumb swats. What did you just say? Shayskov. Shayskov. Okay. I won't even ask for a translation of that. Won't well, that.
1: the the second word is head.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> uh, but uh, so, so if you can, if you're going to deliver bad news, I think the best way to, to begin is to begin. In some kind of a friendly way, and I think politicians have sort of learned this, yeah, you know um so um uh, leaders you know, may be called upon to give bad news uh but uh they can at least begin by being friendly, like you know hey yeah you know, how how's it going today what what have you done today that uh, is uh, you know re- really meaningful to you to you, yeah, yeah. So you put it onto the other, other person. I can remember a, a uh, college prof, uh, a friend of mine, was on an elevator. And uh, she, uh, there was a, a student that she'd never met before. She didn't know who the, the student was. But uh, she looked at him and he looked at her and he was kind of smiling. And she said something to the effect of, wow, it looks like you're having a pretty good day. And the student said, I am. I've been studying for a week for this exam. I aced it. I feel great. She said, I'm really happy for you. And just that little exchange between two people who really didn't know each other made both of the people feel pretty good about themselves.
1: Yeah, and, you know, if you uh, if, if you can make the other person feel pretty good about themselves while at the same time saying um, you know we we need to improve the performance of the line that you're managing
0: okay and so that's that's indirect and um, the person who receives that message is probably going to say yes because everything can be improved. improved yeah yeah so you get the person saying Yes, at least that's what Carnegie says. Get them to, 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 because that's part of what you're going to do in, in the influence that you have over people. i are going to make them think that the solution to the problem is their solution, right? Right. Okay. So, the, the line that you have uh, uh, supervision over, you know, should be improved. Yes. Okay.
1: Right. And then you go on, perhaps, to talk about how it can be improved. And you ask the person who basically your urge is to call them in and kick butt. Uh, you say, well, what do you see as the problems?
0: Let the other person do most of the talking. Yes. Okay, yeah.
1: And uh, basically, the other person may, in a perfect world, say, well, you know, I think I just have not emphasized quality control enough, or I think uh, I need some help in managing some difficult employees.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Yeah. That's a great idea, and you know we can we can help you with that. Yeah. Okay. I can I can help you with uh, uh, learning how to deal with the difficult employee. Yeah. Okay. That, and what we do then at that point is that the individual who says, "Yeah, I've got some difficult employees and I need help managing," they they're bought into your strategy of leadership because that's what you want to do you know, yeah I, instead of you know you have to have better control over your employees and i'm going to show you how to do it that, yeah it's not going to work right
1: it's that's not going to work because the person's natural reaction is uh you couldn't lead a Horse platoon of marines <laughs> into a bar you know uh how are you going to help me
0: um uh, okay yeah that's your natural <laughs> inclination, inclination yeah. okay but so we've got this this employee or or supervisor of the line and uh, he has said uh yeah i need to have some more skills with you know people organization and so you know i think carnegie would argue that you should do everything as as the, the boss to permit this person to save face. Yes. Now, you've been in China, Ralph, and face is very important over there, right?
1: It is. And face over there is uh, pretty overt. Mm -hmm. And by that, I mean that, you know, people are Mm -hmm. aware of and go out of their way to not embarrass another person, Uh to not make them lose status. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, I think in North American culture, face is also important, but we don't uh, do it it or realize it uh, in the same way. So Mm -hmm. we don't say, I've got to go out of my way to uh, help this employee uh, be a better manager without causing them uh, the feeling that I don't trust them, I don't like them, and they're doing a bad job.
0: Okay, yeah, so um but well i guess that's part of what we talked about last week and that is um, giving the 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 person that you're talking with uh, respect yeah you know you might not agree with everything and there may be some problems that have to be solved but certainly as as uh, uh carnegie says criticism is is futile it just is going to lead to defensiveness
1: now You know, there are a couple of things um, that are very simple techniques, and I want you to kind of visualize this. Um, You're uh, a manager or an employee, and you get called into the boss's office, and you think, "Uh uh-oh, I have done something wrong, I'm going to be called in and hauled on the carpet here uh so you come into their office uh, you sort of slouch in uh maybe kind of mostly uh you sit down uh and you sort of slump in your chair and you're waiting for the cane to fall, and you know where it's gonna fall, and you say. Uh, you sent for me? Well, that expresses a whole attitude. But if you walk in, head up, uh, not a maniac grin, but a a smile on your face, you come in and say, good morning, how are you? Shall I sit down? And uh, you generally look confident, okay. The cane may be going to fall, but you still present a more influential impression because you look like you know what you're doing <laughs> you know, I, okay that's the, a
0: good point <laughs> yeah
1: I mean, yeah. often looking like you know what you're doing is uh, is a very effective way to open what's going to be a difficult conversation
0: okay so you're uh, uh practicing some uh, defensive aikido if you would uh if you're on the receiving end of the uh of the bad information right yeah okay good good point uh but if you're on the uh, uh the management side you know you're the one who's calling the the uh, uh the meeting um, uh, Carnegie would say, uh, whenever you can um, show um, a positive attitude, you know, show it. And if you're trying to get your people to make improvements, um, reinforce, to use a psychology term, reinforce their, their behavior at every step. When they make a little improvement, praise them. You know, and yeah. they make another improvement, praise that. Because yeah. people are are more inclined to do things that they are reinforced for, or praised for, than to avoid criticism. And that's what we tend to, to do. We tend to, uh, uh, for a lot of people, uh, they are motivated to work or to do something so they don't get the cane. And in yeah. fact, what we should be doing is... Um, uh, rewarding them when they do something that is you know in the best interest of the a yeah. company for example so
1: we gave the example of uh the uh middle manager who's thinking i've got i've got five employees here who are not uh productive and i need i need to motivate them i need to make them do better
0: yeah use encouragement
1: use encouragement and you know when you get called in and and the senior manager is uh is saying well your line is really not working as well as we hoped uh what are what are some of the problems as you see them and you end up saying well
0: so you're asking questions instead of giving direct orders instead of saying, I know what the problem is, and you have to do this, 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 and this. Right. So you ask your person, what do you think is going on here?
1: And you may be then in a position to say, well, I've got uh, four employees who uh, need to be motivated. They're essentially competent, but they're not working hard enough or doing uh, things as well as they could. Uh and i've got one guy who's totally careless, indifferent uh i think maybe we need to uh give him his walking papers but i'm prepared to give him another chance okay
0: so the person gives the the talks and and gives you know gives the solution talks you know really is able to articulate what the solution to the problem is You know, in the last couple of weeks, I've heard a number of people talking about the Great Resignation. Have you heard that term? I've heard heard? that
1: term, yeah. And it
0: has to do with, with, well, it's congruent with uh, uh, or correlates with the pandemic, but I don't think it really is particularly pandemic-related. You know, uh, people have learned that They're not getting a lot from their job they're not getting a lot from their um uh, supervisors and you know what is it that people want? well, you know if you think about basic needs yeah, food water you know shelter, yes, but the big needs are um, social acceptance yeah the, you know that's, that's Maslow t- uh, talked about that and um employees are just are walking off the job not because they can't do the job or the job's too hard but because they're just not getting rewarded not getting the social reward for their hard work
1: yeah and one of the things that you know we we tend to see people saying well uh what i have to do as the boss here is i have to uh go to the board and Tell them that I need to pay people higher wages. Uh, you know, they they money motivates. They'll be motivated by getting um, bonuses or salary upward or whatever. Uh, and
0: doesn't work that way, does it?
1: No, people will be motivated by money
0: up to a point.
1: Up to a point, about and and the, the actual measurement of the point right now in North America is about $70,000 a year.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And if you're making 55, you will work harder or do more uh until you get to about 70,000. Mhm. And then you end up saying, "No, uh uh paying me 80,000 and working me uh every second weekend." No, I'm not going to go for that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, What what I need is is time uh, uh, to look after my family, uh, to be with them, to enjoy my life. And at that point, uh, you know, social rewards become much more motivating.
0: Okay, under Learn More, Ralph, let's put up a link to the TED Talk by Dan Pink, where he talks about... Motivation, what really motivates people. Yeah. Okay. I wrote a note here to myself. Well, Carnegie then in 1936 was really ahead of his time in terms of, you know, what he was saying about influencing or motivating people. And in 1936, it was pretty much the carrot or the stick. Yeah. And we know that neither of those work very well. And so Carnegie, you know, gives us another roadmap.
1: He does, and one of the things I think that uh, that we know uh, today is that um, the uh, what am I going to call it here? That the psychological factors that are behind human motivation are much more complex than the um industrial psychologists of the 1930s would say
0: i think that's an excellent point
1: they yeah. they were all at that point in history uh, sort of time and motion study how can we be more efficient with our assembly line mm-hmm. and today we know that uh if you're not in an assembly line, you're often in a job that requires you to work in a team, and uh that takes a whole different level of social skills
0: yeah, and research has uh, pretty much demonstrated that good supervisors uh are the supervisors that have those kinds of social skills yeah so Carnegie's right, you know you can influence people um or you can we can turn it around we can disincentivize people as well based upon the way we treat them
1: yeah and uh, you know somebody once said uh, that they were they were in a job and uh, they they felt that the uh, the manager was treating them very badly okay and I said to that person well um what what do you think why, do, why is the boss singling you out? And uh, she said, "Well, I don't think he likes me, and I think he's hoping that if he treats me badly enough, I'll quit. okay and you know in, in a union job situation, you often find it from the manager's point of view, it's difficult to fire somebody, okay, and it's also expensive.
0: Yeah, very expensive, Uh, and particularly in today's market. Well, I think last week we talked about making friends. Today we talked about influencing people. And I think our listeners will agree that this guy, Dale Carnegie, was uh, maybe not light years, but certainly about 100 years ahead of his time.
1: And one of the things that it's worth doing, uh, although it's a very old book, it's still uh, in print and available at your local library, it's worth reading.
0: Okay. And uh, uh, we suggest that you read the 1936 edition, not the 1981 edition. Uh, Why (laughs) is that, Jim? Well, because in the 1981 edition, they take out a section that I think is pretty important and that section is how to have a happier home life okay so f- see if you can find the uh, 1936 edition with the happy home life
1: i really appreciate a happy home life i'm fortunate i have one me too and uh some of you uh maybe are saying gee i could use some advice on how to have a happier home and
0: that's Dale right Carnegie,
1: there. uh Gave it to you.
0: Yep. So until next week, this is Jim. And Rolf. Saying. Keep your stick on the ice. Because we're all in this together.